This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Well, best and brightest, here we are. Soup Tuesday. Super. Well, unless it's not, depending on who you're for. But I don't want you to be unduly surprised one way or the other. That's why today I'll tell you what's going to happen. Not just tonight, but through the next presidency. Guru Jay, holy cow, Excelsior. Welcome back, friends, broadcast partners, radio family. We are the Blaze Radio Network. The start of an exciting, long, and action-packed day. We do the show together today, and then I return at 9 p.m. Eastern with my dear friends and colleagues, Skip and Doc, and of course, Ty, from the studio, and you, Tonight, we will be counting on you, 9 p.m. Eastern, through midnight at least. We'll be counting on you not just for your questions, comments, criticisms, other bon mot, as you may be prepared to proffer, but also for information, because you may and probably are sitting there monitoring as many points of information, in many cases, especially if you're in a state that votes today. It's why they call it Soup Twos. It's why it's Super Tuesday. Funny thing is, I can't tell you how many states are up because there are. it's either 11, 12, or 13. Now, I know that there's a party difference. There'll be a big difference if you're at my party. No, there's a party difference. Uh, and there's also a media difference. In the media I have consumed since we said good evening to each other yesterday, I have heard the premier print, uh, web, and broadcast sources on earth proclaim that it's Super Tuesday 
13 states up for grabs. Super Tuesday, 12 states up for grabs. Super Tuesday, 11 states up for grabs. So I just, I want you to rely on me as the source of impeccable information. And so today I want you to know it is, let me see. It is Tuesday, Brittany, it is Tuesday, right? Okay, it is Tuesday, uh, and being this Tuesday, it is super, and somewhere between, I want to play it safe here, I don't want to be wrong, somewhere between 5 and 75 states are up for grabs today on Super Tuesday. The big question remains, of course, will someone die politically tonight or not? The basic layout, which we've discussed, but just in case, <clears throat> just in case to put down, pardon me, <clears throat> pardon me, to put down, if, 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 I, uh, if you stay with me and we have a big audience at the end of the year, I, as a bonus, I get a cough button or surgery to remove the cough. The basic template and apologies if you're rolling your eyes saying, yeah, yeah, get on with it, get on with it. I know this. But the basic template is this. You need, and there's a big asterisk here. We're going to come back to it in a minute. Yes, Hillary. Uh, you need, one needs 1,237, 1,237 delegates before the end, by the end of the primaries and caucus, caucus to capture the nomination. Uh, Two asterisks, which pretty much does describe Hillary. Uh, So we have to come back to that, too. Wait, maybe we better come back to it right now. You don't think, do you, that if Donald Trump wins 1,237 delegates, that Prince, Reince Priebus, Senator McConnell, Senator McCain, Senator Graham, the rhino power brokers in the party. Do you think they're going to get on a conference call and say, never mind, we give up? So I think you would be wise to entertain the notion that the rhino establishment in the Republican Party is not merely planning furiously to change the outcome, you know, or to to eventually control the outcome. As I said yesterday, we will nominate. Everyone has to have a bumper sticker of their ultimate strategic objective. The GOP rhino leadership is we will nominate. And so you can just eliminate everything else. Either they have the power to do that or they don't. But their objective is we, not you, they will nominate. So having spent my life in this business, I know what I know what you think is coming next. But it's not. Not, not for the moment. Uh, this, this is it for them. If their if their bumper sticker is we will nominate, 
They're going to do everything they can to nominate. And that means, to me, again, having spent my life in the business, did you know I was about to say, uh, having spent my life in the business, that means the Rhino leadership is including in their planning, and they'd be criminally negligent if they didn't, because what they're doing is criminally negligent. But, I mean, just speaking one lawyer to another here, in order to execute their due diligence, if you're sitting down around a table to plan denying the nomination to Donald Trump and thus save yourself and what's left of your party as long as you control it, you would be committing an act of gross negligence if you did not include on your agenda, all right, worst case scenario, suppose Donald, I see a hand in the room, yes? Uh, Mr. Chairman, okay, this all sounds good to me. I'm uh, Harvey Wallbanger, a state uh, committeeman from Samoa. And if, in case you want to hear Samoa, Here's what I have to say. Suppose uh, Donald Trump actually gets 1237 during the primaries. Uh, good question, uh, Harvey. Answer. We will deny him the nomination. We will find a technical, legal, political, bureaucratic, procedural, governmental, uh, or, or other obscure as necessary codicil in this whole thing to take it away from him. I mean, if, 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 if the people committed to denying Trump the nomination, you know, I don't think they're planning only up to a point and then saying, well, but if he wins 1237, then we're going to surrender. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's for the people who think what they're seeing on television is what actually is happening in the presidential campaign. As we debunked yesterday, that's not what's happening. What's happening is Project 1236, trademark, Blaze Radio Network, Guru J, Project 1236. What the Republican Party is doing and to what they are committed is Project 1236, the definition of which you have already surmised is making sure the greatest number of legitimate delegates that Donald Trump gets during the primaries is 1,236. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing 
washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. To, for, and with the best and brightest in the ships at sea, I am Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. It is Soup, Soup, Super Tuesday, uh, and it will or it won't be depending on uh, whom you support. Now, to return to what I had originally intended to say, and only I can get me off course like that, uh, look. The template for this evening is this. Here's the conventional wisdom. And when you hear the conventional wisdom, you should always think that it lives up to exactly half its billing, generally. It's it's conventional, but it ain't wise. But here's the conventional wisdom. Cruz must win Texas. The only thing that anybody must do tonight, whereas it will hurt Rubio if he does not finally win a state, and we're full of, we got nothing but asked to risk here. Hey, that's a catchy title for my autobiography. Part of it, anyway. Uh, whereas it's going to hurt Rubio if he doesn't win something. Like if he maybe wins American Samoa. He's going to have to win Samoa than that. <laughs> I can't lay off that, sorry. I, uh, I'm a sucker for the cheap pun. What can I say? But Rubio's got to start winning something sometime. Everybody wins something sometime. Uh, But I'm not sure that, Rubio, that your time is now. But, But, yeah, it'll hurt Rubio if he doesn't win something tonight. But it's not critical. Rubio's in the race tomorrow. If he, if he, he'll be 0 for 15 if he doesn't win something tonight. He'll still be in the race. Unless he chooses not to. Right? But otherwise, he's he's in. Trump? Okay. Enough said. Uh, Ted Cruz. My guy. Maybe your guy. My guy must win his home state. Now, I don't know Ted Cruz personally. But I like to think that what he's made of, I'd like to think I have a sense of what he's made of. And if I'm right, if Ted Cruz were to lose Texas tonight, I don't think he would drop out tonight, but I think he'd drop out tomorrow. I, I mean, and I say that because there, you know, what is the honorable thing? Well, let's let's not jump to conclusions quite yet about the honorable thing. Another asked to risk. Okay. But given what is what I think Ted probably thinks is the honorable thing, I think Ted would drop out if he doesn't win Texas. But the conventional wisdom is Ted must win Texas and he's going to. Rubio needs to win something and he might conceivably win Minnesota tonight. Maybe Massachusetts. Uh, clearly, places that are more liberal. What does that tell you? 
But Rubio could win something. Trump, enough said. But this notion that Trump is going to solidify the nomination tonight is mainstream media BS. And we'll get to Bernie Sanders. We'll get to BS. But that's total BS. Trump ain't going anywhere as a result of tonight. Asked to risk number nine. Number nine. That is, if Ted were to lose Texas tonight, I think I think Trump maybe ain't going anywhere, but he ought to pack. Okay? So, here's... The conventional wisdom, as I mentioned, is that, 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 that Ted will win Texas. But let me tell you something very telling, share with you something very telling to me as uh, a former political professional. There are 12 states in which uh, Ted Cruz, 11 or 12, I said earlier, I, I don't know. I can't, BBC doesn't know, NBC, PBS, STD, DVD, nobody knows. But there are 11 or 12, there are more than 10 states in which Ted Cruz is competitive in, on paper today. If you were, I mean, a campaign has two assets only. And if you're not counting luck, and I don't believe in luck, so I don't. A campaign has two assets. You know what they are. They are principally, I remember writing this when I wrote the field manual for uh, the Republican National Committee. And I remember writing the line, this goes back 25 years. You know, always bear in mind what the assets of the campaign really are. Money, yes, but that's number two. Number one is the candidate's time. It's scheduling. There are 24 hours in the day, and even Donald Trump as yet has not been proven to be able to extend that. Where you put your candidate with the X hours you have until the polls close is your most valued asset is your most valued strategic and tactical asset. Then comes money. And since you know money's more important than anything, that makes scheduling really important in the cosmic agenda. So if I'm advising Ted Cruz and I'm privy to all of their internal polling and I see that we had originally thought we would sweep Super Tuesday It was supposed to be Ted clinching the nomination tonight. Remember? It was evangelical Christians that were going, it was the 5 million white evangelicals that stayed home when Mitt Romney ran, which was, is reportedly the principal foundation of the overall Cruz campaign strategy. We're going to find those 5 million and tell them who we are And ergo, will they come out for us? And we will, according to our plan, we're going to win this. We're going to put this away on Super Tuesday. You could find that written down somewhere, unless they burned it already. Tonight was supposed to be Ted's big, big, huge, to borrow an expression, night. Okay. Ted... You've got 11 or 12 states in which you can compete. 
including your home state. In any other winning campaign I've ever seen, well, let me give you an example. If Teddy Kennedy, may God bestir his soul, if Teddy Kennedy were running, what would it tell you that he spent the last couple days of the campaign furiously campaigning in one state, his home state? If, if, anybody, you know, we can go down the list. What does it tell you if a campaign has used all of the candidate's time, its biggest asset, and all of its remaining money, or, you know, whatever cash flow there is. If you're in a position such that you have to spend the last day or two or three campaigning whirlwind around your home state, not in Georgia, where the second biggest number of delegates are on display, or Tennessee or other states that have a, a rich delegate yield. Why wasn't Ted there? Why wasn't Ted there? Why was Ted in Texas, in his home state? Well, the answer is what worries me. And I don't know the answer for sure, but I have a deep suspicion as to the answer. And I think now that you do too. I think that maybe Ted's not entirely sure that he's going to win his home state. To be optimistic, maybe he's trying to push it over 50% where he wins all the delegates automatically. We can hope. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. Speaking of whom, we have one on the phone right now. Chris from Nevada. Chris, welcome. Well, thank you, Jay. How you doing? Well, I'm apprehensive. Apprehensive. Yeah, you, you and me both. Um, yeah, I'm nervous about today myself. But one of the reasons I called, actually, I've been, you haven't heard from me in a while because ever since June, I didn't have... Um, my phone for a month, so I, I wasn't able to listen to the Blaze Radio. I started listening to podcasts, and now I find that I I listen to your show and podcast. For a long time, I was writing down things to say when I called you again, but it's just been so long. But the main reason I called, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I find I do that too, but by the time I actually have the conversation with the person, it's all outdated. So probably right, best exactly. to just do it live. Exactly. Well, a lot of it was just funny, too. Like, you were talking to some guy out of uh, Las Vegas once, and he, he said that he lived in his, you know, you made a comment after he hung up because he was a bit on the ignorant side that he probably lived in his mother's basement. I was going to point out to you that most homes in Las Vegas don't have a basement, so it was probably going to be garage. Thank anyway, you for that. See, I... I, I I betrayed myself as ignorant in the local yeah, knowledge. Yeah, no, that's okay. It just, it just struck me as funny because you were probably right about the guy. It just was the wrong dwelling. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the thing uh, I actually called about was because the other day or yesterday, I was listening to a podcast, I believe, from Thursday, and I got a little behind. And 
you know, but I can't really go back too far with you. Congratulations. Are you going to see her again? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry. This is serious stuff. Would you sober up, please? Yeah, yeah. But I, you know. I All right. So like we, we, Thursday but, podcast. But I, I, I was listening to the podcast and you were, you were, you know, you had an opinion on something, but you, you wanted to hear what the audience's opinion was first. And that's fine. Um, I doubt if any of your audience, uh, I heard somewhere, and I, I'm not sure where, that you had started your sixth grade civics class. You know, <laughs> I don't uh, know how you I'm heard that. Wasn't. Brittany, have I yeah, ever mentioned I that on you the know, air they, that you're aware of? I, I have not I, heard I, it. I know, but yeah. me neither. But I, I'm, I'm not unhappy that you know, that. but I, I yeah. anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's like I, I, I don't like it when I turn on Buck Sexton's show and I have a whole, you know, couple hours of, of, um, of in-depth uh, political analysis, just like I don't listen to you or Doc Thompson to get, uh, you know, some kind of analysis of what's happening with the coup de cash in the Middle East. Um, what do you and, listen for, may I ask? <laughs> well, I listen to your show because I think that your political analysis is, is experienced and in-depth, and, and plus you're funny, and I, and I enjoy your, uh, your wit. But, uh, okay, well, just, you obviously are a man of sterling judgment. My, my only thought was, look, I, I, I was really busy the other day, and I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm like, I really don't care what the audience thinks. I want to hear what you have to say about it. But, you know, you were you wanted to hear from them first. Well, I generally give my, I generally give my you know, I'm, come on. I mean, you look up loquacious in a dictionary, and you, there's a sketch of me. So I, I generally yeah. go ahead and give my opinion because I can't help myself. So I, you know, right. I do have a yeah, form of political I, you know, that Tourette's. Was the main thing I to say. Other than that, I also figured if I could get on the radio, I, you know, I, I might be able to to just ask, uh, you know, any Trump supporters that might be listening to to the, your show before they go and vote today that. You know, if you had to make this many excuses for a child of yours, a teenage child of yours, that was not causing trouble, you would finally come to the conclusion that uh, that he really was causing trouble, and, and that you know you just can't make that many excuses for somebody. So you mean um, is the metaphor that 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 Trump's yeah, random it, boners? Well, just you know that yeah, whatever it is. I mean. I just can't believe that these Trump supporters are just so, you know, like, well, Trump, he's going to bring jobs back to America. And yet, look at, you know, his private country club down in Florida where he doesn't hire yeah. Americans at all. No, um, no, in fact, You know, it won't. just goes on yeah. and on. This man is just a hypocrite. How can anybody that, that considers himself a, an American and a patriot really support this guy? Well, Chris, well, let me thank you for the call and, and fulfill your, your, your stated wish which is to hear my opinion. And my opinion on what you've said is the thing about Donald Trump that, and right here there's a number of circuits where we could go, but I'm going to take the circuit that astounds me, is not really about Donald Trump. It's about us. What astounds me is after a lifetime in politics and polling and, you know, all of the stuff, I am astounded that so many Americans are willing to buy a pig and a poke. For the record, I am not calling Donald Trump a pig. I'm using an old American and probably very old English folklore expression, buying a pig and a poke. 
means you're buying something, right, that you don't, you don't know what you're buying. You're buying a pig in a poke. You're buying a, what's, you know, I want 20 pound for the, this basket. What's in it? A very fine pig. May I see it? No. Just take my word for it. It's a very fine pig. In fact, take the pig's words for it. Thank you, Hillary. Uh, pig in a poke. Why are we willing to buy a pig in a poke? I mean, I, I really thought that conservative politics was the underlying, whether or not people use that word, I, I, I thought it was, and still think it is, frankly, the underlying structure of the Republican or at least non-Democrat vote. And I have made a distinction here that very few people not voting for Trump have made. And that is, I'm not saying Trump is a liberal. I'm not saying that any evidence, if I were a judge, and for two days, two hours a day I am, I will not admit as evidence in this court what Trump did the day before he announced for president, not his entire lifetime. That's how much of a true John Locke liberal I am. I believe in redemption. I'm not going to go into the sermon. I hope you've heard it, but I believe in redemption. It is not for me to say to anyone, no, you haven't changed. You haven't evolved. You're not a better man than you were last year, last month, an hour ago, because that's not for me to say. I believe in redemption. God, whomever is your God of choice, he or she teaches you to be for redemption. I am. It's also a product of, a routine product of good breeding. To be forgiving but at least redemptive. So I don't hold against or judge Donald Trump on anything except from the moment he announced for president. Now here's here's the quandary. From the moment he announced for president, Donald Trump has been the biggest mishmash of self-contradictory manure made manure by the self-contradictory nature of it. He was to say one thing one day, another thing another day, say something absolutely wild, not explain it, not be held to account for it. My point is what? Well, my point is I don't know what Donald Trump is. Pig in a poke. I don't know what Donald Trump is. Do you? Do you know? If you think he's conservative... You have any evidence to present to this court that Donald Trump is reliably conservative? Can you persuasively submit to me any evidence that Donald Trump, that, that don't worry, Jay, Donald Trump is a conservative and, and he's going to be a conservative. He's going to defend the Constitution. He's going to be, he's going to be guided by the Constitution in whatever he does. Really? Now, I ask the question rhetorically because there's not a molecule of evidence that that is so. Whereas, if fundamental, constitutional, all-American, small-c, 
live and let live, libertarian conservatism is the underlying structure of our politics in America. And I've always liked to believe it was, despite Obama at all, then we would look at the candidates in this field and say, okay, we've got Donald Trump. And the worst thing about him I can say, and I mean this, the worst thing about Donald Trump I could say is, I don't know him. I don't know him. And neither do you. And I don't care who who's listening or who, I don't care if Donald Trump's campaign manager is listening. I say to you before America, you don't know him. Nobody knows him. Thus, nobody knows how he's going to behave as president in, in, in any number of respects. Is he a nut? Is he going to start a war? Is he not going to start a war? Is everything negotiable? which he said within the last 24 hours, everything is negotiable. First Amendment negotiable, Second Amendment negotiable, Tenth Amendment negotiable. Which other amendments are negotiable? Well, I don't know him. I don't know who and what he is because it is unknowable. There is no evidence. What he tells you changes from day to day. Whereas there's also a guy in the race, the only slash other guy in the race, Ted Cruz, and you know exactly who and what he is. That is to say, if you're willing to trust only the evidence of a lifetime of consistent behavior. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Our show tonight, our special Blaze Radio Network campaign coverage with results, analyses, your calls, and your calls will be so very valuable to us in terms of what you think, of course, but also what you know, what's being reported, what else you may be watching at the same time or listening to or whatever. Most particularly if you live in one of the states that's in play tonight. That makes you a VIC, a very important caller, uh, <clears throat> even among VIPs. The number will be as it is now, one 3393 one C writes to me during the break, among others. Thank you. I read them all. Can't uh, always respond to them all. C says, I know you're being honest, but you're bumming me out, you know, about Ted. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, to bum me out. I will in the next hour because I need time for it. The monologue of the next hour, I'm going to again and definitively <clears throat> explain Project 1236. And I'll do it in less than two minutes. Project 1236 is the process by which the Republican establishment conspires with some surprising characters to prevent Trump from getting 1,237 delegates during the primaries. 
thus handing the nomination process over to the Republican National Committee. Meaning the delegates, which is the same thing. So we have to be aware of this stuff. And Project 1236 enables me in turn to give you the Guru J. Theoretica Presidentia Maximus theorem. And that is, what is going to happen, just right as of today, Guru J., what's going to happen? Not, not tonight, including tonight, but what's going to happen? I mean, what's going to happen on November 8th? Who's going to be the next president? Who? And how? In the next hour of this show. Not heard anywhere else, I promise you. Now, this thing about tonight, winning states, bear in mind that this is largely mythical and symbolic. Yes, it's still critical because the media reports to us at such a moronic level in the case of, like, the networks. They're playing to the lowest common denominator. And so all they can look at is the horse race. All they can, and for them, the horse race is states. Which states have you won? So I swear someone could appear before uh, the CBS, NBC, ABC anchor and say, hi, my name is Ted Cruz. Uh, I, I've won 285 delegates. And they'd say, yeah, yeah, that's great. How many states have you won? Thanks. Then go to the next guy. How many states have you won? Well, I haven't won any states yet, but I've got 275 delegates. So I'm cl- uh, shut up. You haven't won any state. You know, that, that's why for Rubio, this starts to become important, even if he garners delegates. Anyway, so states are important from a propaganda. And propaganda is important because it influences the votes in the next states. But in fact, if you're after the nomination, and we presume they are, it's delegates, baby. It's delegates. And tonight, every single state up for grabs is proportionally awarded. No winner takes all. It's the delegates, baby. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Super! Super! Unless it ain't. My job is to tell you the ain't part. You know? I'm Jay Severin. This is the Blaze Radio Network. It's Soup 2's Excelsior. It's Super Tuesday 2016. My friends, my broadcast family, my partners, I am Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. And Brittany, here's our podcast. Best and brightest, here's the point where you stop listening to me 
or you vow never again to miss the show. This is the most thumping, sobering, concussive prediction that Guru Jet, not exactly a prediction, kind of a prediction. All right, we'll call it a prediction that Guru Jay has ever made. And need I remind you, Guru Jay started making predictions, that's right, in the sixth grade. Let's cut right to it. Project 1236. Nota bene sempre. Remember always. What you see on television is not what's actually happening. It's television. What you think, what we think, all of us, what's being presented to us as what's happening in this campaign is Donald Trump on a platform in front of his jet, you know, making derogatory remarks about somebody. Okay, it could be anybody. It could be any candidate doing anything wrong. It could be Ted doing something screwy. It could be Rubio. It could be anybody. But that's our picture of the campaign. The people who run the Republican Party and have run it for generations, the donor class, the people who run the Republican Party, Don't think this is a game of chance. However romantic you and I wax about our constitution and political system, these are quasi-criminal bastards who don't believe in one man, one vote. They don't believe in the constitution, not in the spirit of it anyway. And they don't believe this is bagatelle. They don't believe this is the lottery. They don't believe this is the democratic lottery. They don't believe this is a game of chance. They believe in rigging the game. Thus have they always rigged it, at least to the extent they were able. Such are they rigging this one. Nota bene sempre. Note well forever. The Republican rhino establishment of the Republican Party is planning furiously 20 hours a day to make sure that two people... Do not get the nomination. One, Donald Trump. Two, Ted Cruz. Number one, Donald Trump. How do they do that? They do it with Project 1236. Trademark, Blaze Radio Network, the Jaily News. Project 1236. That is to make sure that that's the greatest number of votes that Trump gets because you need one more than that in order to capture the nomination during the primaries. They're not going to let that happen. Their jobs, their, the buildings full of people, the money, the payoffs, the jobs, the reputations, they'll all be fired and they know it. If either Trump or Cruz go to Washington, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what Trump's going to do. If I were them, I, I, would, I would want Trump before I'd want Cruz because if Ted Cruz goes to Washington, he's going to put a flamethrower to the place. I mean, so... But that's the two things they will not allow if it's within their power. They believe it is within their power. Thus, Project 1236. How do they get to, how do they get to Project 12? What makes Project 1236 work, Guru Jay? A split vote, such as we have seen so far. 
like a magician that says, look at this, look at this, look at this, as he flashes a hanky in his right hand. Look at this, look at this. He's actually performing the trick with his left hand. It's called misdirection. While the Republican Party and the media, wittingly or unwittingly, or half-wittingly, which would probably be best, as the media conspires half-wittingly with the Republican Party to tell this story. They tell the story that, well, it's a, you know, it's the vote of the people and we have prime, that's why we have primaries and we don't know what's going to happen. And they're meeting 20 hours a day, drinking black coffee, doing meth, staying up for weeks at a time, trying to figure out how do we kill off, politically speaking, Trump and Cruz. And the answer, everything is based on a split vote. So everything that we hear, everything that we're fed about, well, what the Republicans hope would happen is that, you know, the weaker candidates would drop out. That's utter crap. That's a lie. It's a misdirection lie. It's a magician's trick. Reince Priebus et al. do not want the weaker candidates to drop out. Everything they live for depends on the weaker candidates, at least some of them, staying in because it splits the Trump vote. If people get out, Trump gets to 1237. If people stay in, Trump can't get to 1237. So despite all the Bernie Sanders, i.e. BS, that you hear about, well, we really, democratic process, where we would really hope that the people speak and the weaker candidates get out. Crap! Or in my native German, crap! It's not true. It's not true. They want, they, 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 they want more than Santa Claus. They want more than Christmas. They want more than anything, they being the rhino establishment of the Republican Party. They want more than anything. Okay, you know what? You know what phone call I think has already occurred? Ring, ring. Uh, Hi, is this uh, Marco Rubio? Hi, this is Reince Priebus. Now, this, you know, Republican National Committee chairman, this call never happened. And if you say it did, I'll have you killed. No, actually, uh, if, if you'd say it did, I'll call you a liar and have 30 people swear on a stack of Bibles that they were in on the call and that you're lying. But, Marco, we want you to know this. Stay in the race. No matter what happens, Marco, are you listening? Stay in the race. Because you're going to make sure that you live to fight another day. You're going to make sure. You're not going to win. You're not going to win the nomination outright. I mean, you could try. Good luck. But you're not going to win the nomination. We're going to make sure of it. We are going to make sure this vote is split. Now, you're going to get your share of it. And if you play ball, i.e., which starts by staying in, we want you to get to the convention, and we promise you a fair shake. As a matter of fact, as of this moment... You are our boy. I can't tell you you'll have the nomination, but I can tell you as of right now, you are our number one choice to get the nomination. But we can't give you that nomination if we don't control it. And we can't control it unless we deprive Donald Trump 
of 1,237 votes. That's why, Marco, we want you to be a partner in Project 1236. I believe the same phone call, virtual or real, best and brightest, in any case, this signal has been clearly sent to every Republican in the race. Stay in and live to fight another day. If you drop out, you're dead, ipso facto. But if you stay in, you ensure that we split the vote. You thus ensure that Trump can't win the nomination during the primaries. Thus, you ensure that we, the party, and the delegates make the nomination at the convention. And you know we're not going to pick Trump. And you know we're not going to pick Cruz. So, Marco, baby. Doctor, baby. John Kasich, baby. Who loves you? This is Jay Severin Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Outside of my immediate family, the only relationship I have is with you. I'm telling you everything I know, everything I've learned, everything I believe to be true. I could be dead wrong. I can only tell you what I believe to be true. If you've heard the horribly cynical analysis that I offered in the monologue, it's not over. I explained Project 1236. It leads into, what does that mean? What's going to happen? We'll get there in just a second. Right now, the postscript on Project 1236 is, you see the beauty part of this? For the Republican whores, for those prostitutes that run the Republican Party, the rhinos, you see the beauty of this for them? They get to pull this off. If they do, they might not. Maybe someone's going to get 1237 in the primaries, but not if somebody doesn't drop out. They're not. You think Ted's about to drop out? You think Rubio's about to drop out? Although Rubio's a question mark with money if he doesn't win Florida. In, uh, in two weeks. But <clears throat> you think that Trump vote's not going to stay split? The beauty part of this for the rhinos is that they do this, or at least attempt to, by jujitsu. They do this using the candidates themselves as the tools of the mechanism. They can't do anything. Reince Priebus can't do anything, except make that phone call to Marco Rubio. Stay in the race no matter what. You're our boy. And make that call to as many people as feasible, as many people who might believe it. Keep the Trump vote split. Make sure he gets 1236 and no more. That's what they want. That's what they're playing for. That's that's the election for them. Nobody gets 1237. Reince Priebus, and that means the ruling class of the Republican Party, the rhinos, they get to decide who gets nominated. 
because the delegates decide and they control them at the convention. Brokered convention. It's not just a grotesque possibility. It's what's going to happen. Brokered convention because these bastards are planning for it. They are making it happen. And the beauty part for them is they're using the candidates themselves to make it happen. Because all you have to say to the candidate is, don't we love you? Don't drop out. What do you think Marco Rubio wants to hear? They love me. I'm not going to drop out. I'm their boy. And look, in the end, you might be. You know who else might be their boy? Mitt Romney. You know who else might be their boy? Paul Ryan, the new speaker. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, John McCain. Who knows who you're going to get as the compromised rhino candidate? The only important thing is not that we win. Not according to Reince Priebus. The important thing, the Republican National Committee, winning the presidency would be nice, but that's not what's important. What's important is that the established order remain. And the established order remains so long as you lose with your guy so that you say to people, don't F with me. We pick who runs. And we're willing to lose in order to keep our jobs. So don't F with us. We pick who runs. We pick who gets nominated. You get too far outside the lines, we politically kill you. We politically assassinate you. We pick. Shut up and do what we say. Oh, okay. Guru Jay. What is Theoretica Presidentia Maximus? The ultimate, okay, we could say ultimus. Theoretica Presidentia Ultimus. Theorem. What is going to happen? You hear a lot about how the Republican Party is going to be destroyed. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because Project 1236 is how the Republican Party saves itself. It's not going to. No, no organism allows itself to be destroyed. Not the nastiest germ or not the nastiest germ, the second being the Republican National Committee. No organism allows its own destruction. Biology. 101. Okay, so what ha- what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Project 1230. Look, again, I, I don't know. But you want to know what I think? Here's what I think. I think Project 1236 is going to work. I think that Trump, nor anybody else, by virtue of a split multi-candidate field, nobody's going to get 1237. Forget states. Delegates, baby. Delegates. Think like a professional. Delegates. Nobody's getting 1237. What I think is that nobody's, as of today, as of today, nobody's getting 1237. This is going to a brokered convention. And the moment the last primary is held and the breaths are held and it comes up, Trump or someone else has 1236, the champagne corks pop, baby. Because the Republican National Committee is back in the driver's seat. Not you, not me, they. And if this goes to a brokered convention, 
that it's that's it. If it goes to a brokered convention, guess who the brokers are and guess who the broken are. If it goes to a broker's convention, they break, we shatter. If it goes to a brokered convention, the rhino establishment decides who is the Republican nominee via the delegates, which they control absolutely. That's what they want. So contrary to what you and I see on television, contrary to the to the obligatory but almost pathetic line of questioning about, well, who's going to drop out because of which states they win. Professionals don't talk in terms of states. Professionals talk in terms of delegates. And professionals don't talk in terms of who's going to drop out because they know that the greatest likely, again, just the greatest likely reality is Project 1236. Uh, Trademark, Blaze Radio Network, JLE News, is Project 1236. Because otherwise, what do all of those thousands of people that run the Republican Party, right down to the top person whose name we don't know, it ain't Reince Priebus, I could tell you that. He's just the chairman. It doesn't mean he runs things. So the people who are running the Republican Party are either in the Bahamas right now, slamming drinks, they're on vacation, or like every other organism God ever created, they are planning to survive. Like a black widow spider, they are planning to have sex with us via the primaries, and then they're going to eat us because no organism will permit its own demise. And even the leadership of the Republican National Committee, I lament saying so, but even the head of the Republican National Committee and the people who pull the strings there actually qualify as an organism. Difficult as it is to believe, and they will not go down without this fight. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners, and uh, mea copa, mea copa, mea maxima copa. It's through my fault, my fault, my most grievous fault, that our show today has endeavored to tell the painful truth, although, of course, I can never apologize for that. But the good news is, depending... Oh, uh, thank you. Hi, honey. Want to say hello to the gang? Hi. Okay. This is the most beautiful girl in the world. Just came into my studio. Uh, however, the good 
such as it may be, the good news is, I, I don't, I don't know. But the bad news is, I know better than anyone else you've ever listened to, don't I? And that's what scares me. I scare me because I know I know this stuff. Look, if you do, if I did what you do every day for 30 years, I'd know what you do. I don't. I do this. You pay me to do this. And even before you were paying me, I did this. Even if you stop paying me, I'll do this. Wait, uh, Brittany, can you erase that last part? Because, I, I, you know, I don't want that uh, being played at my contract negotiations. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, this is just what I believe is most likely afoot. It's just the fruit of the logic tree. Well, you know, what, what do we think these hundreds and thousands of people who rely on the Republican Party for work what do we think they're doing about this? Nothing. If you happen to be concerned about a, you know, who gets elected, how do you think they feel? The two, the, the arguably the two top or two of the three leading contenders in the Republican Party, if they get elected, are going to fire your ass and burn your building down. How would you feel? You'd be like every organism, and so would I. You'd be, you'd be you'd use ten billion years of evolution to be figuring out a way to survive, whether you were a paramecium or a republican. And frankly, at the national level, I mean, if you know them, I'd rather be a paramecium. Trinity, welcome back to all three of you from South Carolina. Hey, Jay, how you doing, my brother? I'm all right, bud. <laughs> hey, uh, I need some of your wisdom on this, um, you know, because considering I'm one of those people at Donald Trump that is not very well educated and also one of them people <laughs> that uh, Barack Obama said I was a Bible-hugging, gun-toting type of a fella, so I need kind of your wisdom on this. Um, it's about the delegates. I keep hearing people say, and I think I heard you say, if Ted Cruz gets, like, uh, over 50%, so he would get all the delegates in Texas, right? Yes. And, and I'm hoping, let, let me jam this in again because it's so very important. T- Ted Cruz has spent the last days of his campaign like a one I don't know what this means, but I, it was a joke when I was a kid, like a one-armed paper hanger. I guess that means you're really busy. The, the the way I best heard it expressed in my lifetime was when I disturbed my grandfather when he was under his tractor with oil on his head, uh, working on it, and I kept pestering him about going fishing, and he said, boy, can't you see I'm busier than a hound dog with 10 peckers? Could you ask me later? And, and so I always thought that was the most eloquent way to describe it, but so here's Ted Cruz, a one-armed paper hanger, the last few days, and where is he rushing to and fro? Is he in states that he could win, you know, that he might win or, you know, where he might capture delegates? No, he's pinned down. Now, whether you're in the army or in politics, if you're pinned down to your home ground, you're not you're not advancing, are you? You're not capturing territory, are you? No. And 
it got me a little nervous, too, because I heard people this morning saying that Ted Cruz hopefully could win four other states. I guess my question was is... Well, let me... I'm sorry. Let me, let me interrupt you in order to give you back the mic and say, in answering your question, I'm concerned that Ted has felt he had to campaign furiously in his home state in the closing days of this and hours of this campaign. <clears throat> I'm hoping against hope, Trinity, that what this indicates is that he's actually doing so well that his advisors told him, you know what, we're going to pull the plug on everybody else. We're, going to go, we're close enough to 50% that we're going to go for this. And we feel if you can spend the last days campaigning like it's the end of the world in Texas, we can get you, you know, 50.5% and you'll automatically win all the delegates in Texas. That will be such a story. That will be such a deal, such a huge deal that it will pretty much change the complexion, you know, of the race. So that's what I'm hoping has caused this furious attention to the home state in the closing hours, not the 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 sickening doubt that we that he might lose it. So again, I'm sorry, I turn it over to you. No, that's fine. That's why I was calling to get your wisdom and wisely advice because I'm sort of new to this. I've been just paying attention to this uh, election more because it, it it is so important. And I guess my main question was, I guess how I was looking at, say if. Ted Cruz does get over 50%. He gets all of Texas. And I heard and also seen some polls where he's running neck and neck to Trump. But if Trump wins a state, they would split. If he don't get the 50% in the other state, say Donald Trump, him and Cruz would split the rest of the delegates. I guess my main question would be, what's the possible many delegates Cruz could possibly end up with tonight, or would we not know that until much later? Uh, uh, great question. There are 600-some-odd delegates up for grabs tonight in the Republican contest. We're going to know a lot early. I mean, if you tune in to us, or even whatever you do before 9 o'clock, I think you're going to know something. They're going to start leaking some exit polling stuff in a kind of a sly way. You know, they're not going to tell you necessarily what it means, but, you know, you'll you'll be able to surmise from a lot of the exit polling stuff that that they'll start leaking whether it's you know who who it's a good and bad night for but when the polls close which tend to be as of eight or nine o'clock eastern time if you tune into us here at the blaze we will know a lot early then we will go through a period where we it'll slow down a little I mean, it won't. I mean, we won't slow down, but I mean, the flow of information is going to be a gusher at first. And then and then we'll we'll, while we're talking about that and analyzing it and explaining it, there'll be a tiny bit of a lull. And then the later information will will keep coming in. But to answer completely your question, I, I think it could. You know, I think it could be very late tonight uh, or even tomorrow morning technically uh or not technically i mean when the it'll be light out before we may know the outcome of some states i'll give you an example they they i learned today or yesterday the days all run together now trinity for me they uh here on stupor <laughs> tuesday <laughs> here at the factory here at the politic here at the opinion factory all the days are running into one but i learned yesterday i think it was 
that they think that as many as a third or more of all voters in Georgia, which is the second richest delegate take tonight, that a third or more of the voters in Georgia may have voted early slash absentee. And just by virtue of that process, they may not know all of those votes. And if it's close, knowing those votes will be decisive. And they may not know them for till late or for a day. I mean, it just could. This is where you really get into the, you know, into the weeds. This is one of my infamous slices off the tee. It could take us days to find this ball. <laughs> okay. You know what that's, I mean? what, that's what I kind of figured because. But well, I hope I hope to kind of cheer you up a little bit, but don't put a lot of lock, stock, and barrel on what I'm fixing to tell you. But uh, I got a buddy of mine that's a real good friend of mine. He said the way it looked for, I guess, the early voting in Texas, Ted Cruz had a good, good amount of the early votes. Like I think. Well, he I said, can confirm I this much. I, that- I just can't. I just can't confirm. And Trinity, thank you so much for the call. I, I, Trinity, I can tell you this. I can confirm half of what you've just shared with us. The early voting in Texas appears to be at record levels. The turnout in Texas, I wasn't keeping this from you. It just didn't, you know, it just didn't make my notes. And I didn't make my brain until now, thanks to you. But the early voting in Texas, that is to say, you know, it's when the polls open and then people go to work, then it slows down, then it jumps up again at lunchtime a little bit, then it goes down, and then starting late afternoon, it spikes. So the early voting, which is the probably when the second greatest volume of votes are cast, the early voting in Texas this morning was extraordinarily large. Now, that is subject to two interpretations. The good one, in my mind, is the people are turning out for the Lone Star State's favorite son, Ted Cruz. And they're making sure that he makes a good showing because he'll look bad and they'll look bad in their minds if he doesn't. But the other school of thought is, and I'm afraid to say this is buttressed only by every other state that's voted so far, that when there's a record turnout on the Republican side... It's because of Trump. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Back with you, partners, Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Please, please do join it. I mean, we do this for you, and, you know, obviously we feel a lot better knowing you're there. Uh, therefore, tonight, our Blaze After Dark special. Skip, Doc, Ty, you, me, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we will have, sure, you know, we'll have the numbers, but we'll have what they mean. And will be a uh, clearinghouse for you of all the numbers first. That's for sure. But we'll also have analysis. 
that no one else has. And ipso facto, we have you, and therefore we will have a program no one else will have. The number will remain the same. one 3393 Kathy uh, tweets during the break, Jay, are you concerned that Democrats are voting for Trump because they know they can beat him or control him? Kathy, that that vote never works. That whole notion of people, they're going to go re-register and cross over and vote for the pe- people in the opposite party because they want them to, they, they know they can beat them. I mean, you know, there there are tens of people who do that across America. Tens of people. But it's never, ever, you know, really been a factor anywhere. One of the fa- factors such like uh, I, I would make reference to, i direct you to, is this one. In my uh, present home state of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, mind you, 20,000 Democrats have gone into their uh, registration place in the last 90 days. No, the last 60 days. In the last 60 days, 20,000 Massachusetts Democrats have gone in and changed their registration to Republican so they could vote today in the Republican primary. Now, that supports your theory. They're there to make mischief. Or it means they're voting for Donald Trump. I'm sorry, but it's that's those are the two possibilities. JJ, my apologies. Welcome. Let's finish tomorrow what we do not conclude today. It's your microphone. We have a minute and a half. JJ, did you decide against it? I thought I heard, I thought I heard, wait, here's, I think we have a recording though, JJ, here it is. Is that what you heard, Brittany? That's what I heard. Really, seriously. I thought I heard a belch, but it's probably electronic. Okay, Uh, JJ, no offense taken, no umbrage taken. We hope you will call tomorrow. It will, it will be a busy day. So I hope, avoir, but not adieu, I hope. You will join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Time as Soup 2's really becomes the soup. I mean, we really make it super as of 9 o'clock Eastern. And we'll know an awful lot. But you know what? We already know an awful lot. I think. I, I think. I think we know that nobody's dropping out. I think we know nobody's dropping out. The, the RNC would probably have really mixed feelings if Ted lost Texas tonight. God forbid. But if Ted lost Texas, they might like him to drop. They might be do, he might be doing them a favor that they don't later have to have a body to dispose of politically. But I don't think anyone's dropping out tonight. And that's good for, remember, whom? See you at 9. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.